Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 214. I know I said it last week, but now we are officially in spooky season because I drank a pumpkin cold brew today. I know. I was stuck at school and I get a text that he went to Starbucks. I actually got the ring notification. So happy spooky season. I'll have to wait and get my pumpkin flavored coffee later. I've actually never had it, but I feel like I need to give it a shot. So pumpkin cold brew is the superior pumpkin drink at Starbucks. I will fight anybody who says otherwise. PSLs, not good. Have you ever had one? Nope. Well, (laughs) all I need to have is pumpkin cold brew and has everything that I need in my life. But we are back for part two of our storytelling series on the Haunted Mansion. I think last Wednesday was probably one of the most fun episodes we've ever put together. And it was also one of the most responses we've ever gotten to an episode. So we are so glad that you guys enjoyed it. If you missed last week's episode, we may have a few references here and there today to last Wednesday's episode, which would be 212. But I don't think there's any harm in listening to them out of order. No, I mean, I think it's better to listen to them chronologically because I can at least speak for my additions to this episode that they do kind of tie into some of the things that we talked about last week. So, I mean, if you're listening to this episode, you're probably interested in Haunted Mansion anyway. So go ahead and stop here, press pause, go back, listen to last week's because I think it'll set everything up nicely. So this is the first time we've ever done a two-part on storytelling series, and that is just an indication of how rich and deep the story and the history of the Haunted Mansion is. So we're not going to do any Neverland scores. We're not going to do any listener feedback. This is purely we had so much more research that we wanted to do and that we had last week that we just couldn't share within the time constraint. So we're back again. And we're going to do Haunted Mansion Holiday later this year as well. So strap in, everybody. I hope you like Haunted Mansion. (laughs) So, Brendan, you're going to start us off. I am. So one of the biggest things that I think can kind of go unnoticed about the Haunted Mansion and how significant it was for advancing ride systems and storytelling in ride systems, which is obviously specifically what we are interested in, is how much they perfected Omni Movers. So I'm sure many of you are familiar with the term, but just in case, Nomni Mover is that ride system that you see on here and on Spaceship Earth and on the Little Mermaid ride and the Nemo ride, where it is one continuous track that is lined with the ride vehicles throughout. And there's a couple advantages to using something like an Omni Mover. One, you can control the sight lines of the guests. And two... It's a people eater. And I know that is something that you mentioned last week, Catherine. Yeah. I mean, this was always one of the biggest concerns with the ride is they were kind of hashing out some of those 
original ideas, they thought that maybe it should be just like a walkthrough type of attraction. And they always did come back to, we need a lot of people to get through this ride um, within a day or an hour or whatever it might be. And I think that's still something that Disney does take into consideration. You know, they like those people eater rides where you can just get, you know, tons of people through at once. So Haunted Mansion was not the first ride to use Omnimovers. The first one for Disney was the Adventures Through Inner Space attraction, which opened in Tomorrowland in 1967. Maybe we're bad Disney historians. I never knew an attraction existed by this name. No, I was shocked when um, I saw that you were going to mention this because I had never heard of it. I think my actual words were it must have been terrible Um, just because I I mean, did it stick around for a long time? I don't know. Do you know? I do not know. I watched a little baby walkthrough of it that they had from the late 1960s. (laughs) As good as that can be. Um, But that's where this ride system originally started. And it originally started with uh, where Disney adopted it. What I don't know is, was Disney the first people to use Omnimovers or did they adopt it from something else? But it is interesting if you go back and watch videos of the adventures through inner space, they look like doom buggies. Oh, yeah, they do. I mean, I think I even said like, wow, that's a doom buggy like it. It didn't really click with me that an Omnimover was like a specific ride vehicle. And it's not just like a clamshell or a doom buggy, because that's typically what we think. So this kind of goes with it. But one of the fun facts that I found was that at the time of opening the Haunted Mansion, um, and of course, we're talking about in Disneyland set a single day attendance record for 82,516 visitors. And that was just one week after opening. So I think that ties into the Omnimovers because it was such a people eater. And because this was one of the first rides that used those Omnimovers, I think, you know, it allowed them to see success in something that they were um, really concerned about. There's also a tangent conversation that we could go down. We probably shouldn't today because we have so much content to get through. But if you are a FastPass hater, this is the prime example. FastPass was never meant to be used on an attraction like this. The starting and the stopping and the merging of queues makes no sense for an attraction like this. So if you ever want to have that discussion, please let me know. <laughs> because uh, FastPass has kind of, it's made the wait times for for a ride like this way longer than they have to be because they've overcomplicated it, for lack of a better term. But anyway, so something that we talked about was they can control your sight lines more and they can draw your attention into certain things that they want to tell you from a storytelling aspect. And to me, what really stands out is I wonder how heavily they leaned on someone like Mark Davis in this, where he didn't have that luxury as much in Pirates of the Caribbean when he built it. You know, the guests are kind of free looking around, but the Doom Buggy, Doom Buggy, <laughs> yikes, <laughs> the Doom Buggy kind of encloses you in. So you really don't have a wide angle to look. Um, in various directions and Mark Davis's of course background was in animation and in movies. And this almost plays out like a movie in that sense. You know, I think it was actually this last time that we wrote it. Um, and even on the Ariel's grotto 
ride. I don't know the official title. Is that bad? I think it's Voyage. Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Nope, nope. No, that's the one in Hollywood Studios. Dang it. Okay. Well, anyway, I I remember sitting on this ride and thinking, what is behind me? Like, is there anything behind me? Like, do they theme the whole room just in case? I don't know. Just in case you see behind you. I don't know. But I I did wonder that. Like a good example of how they did this on Haunted Mansion and specifically the Walt Disney World version is the first hallway room that you go to. They point you directly at it and then they point you directly down the endless hallway with the candelabra at the end. And that that constrains the space that they have to tell you a story in. It makes the focal points easier to pick up for your eyes. You know that you look from portrait to portrait to portrait and then you look down this hallway and you see what you can see and then you immediately go into the library did you just get a chill? Am I spooking you out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really cold. <laughs> um, but I think that that is something that you can easily miss in this is how well the actual ride vehicle plays into the story. Well, and I also have to think, you know, we talked about some of the illusions and, you know, other things that kind of go into having a haunted mansion And I wonder if it also plays into that because I don't know anything about magic, but I have to imagine that maybe depending on the angle or the way that you look at some of these things, it might not be the same if you kind of had that free range of motion like you do on Pirates of the Caribbean where you can see everything around you. You can look backwards if -hmm. you want to. Yeah. So I also wonder if that was part of it. Very well could be. So that's what I have on Omnimovers. Boring on the surface, but really interesting, I think. Well, I do think it plays a big role in the ride itself. And like you said, the storytelling, which is what we love. And I think what I'm going to talk about next kind of falls into that category, too. So last week, we talked a lot about the correlation between Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. But I do think we left one big thing out. And... I mean, I'm kind of surprised that we did, but like you said, we just didn't have time. Music. We never talked about the music. And, you know, when you think about Pirates of the Caribbean, there's definitely a few things that come to mind. The smells, the characters, but music, I think, is at the top of the list. And it's always something that we talk about with these storytelling episodes because music is a big part of the storytelling. So you said Pirates of the Caribbean. Are you still on that or did you mean Haunted Mansion? No, I did mean Pirates of the Caribbean because the two are correlated. So, I mean, we could say the same exact thing for Haunted Mansion. When we think about Haunted Mansion, we think about not the smells. I don't think Pirates of the... I mean, (laughs) now now you're making me confused. Haunted Mansion doesn't have a smell. That might be a little weird if it did. Well, I think it does have a smell. What does it smell like? I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think it does have a distinct smell. When you go in there, I can't pinpoint what it is, but I think there's a smell. Interesting. I think you've habituated to it and you don't realize it. So I just live in there. I don't smell it anymore. Correct. (laughs) Which is really the goal. (laughs) Probably. But I just think the same kind of things fit with Haunted Mansion. And it makes sense because a lot of the same people worked on them. 
Um, they did have very similar kind of storylines as far as, you know, what they kind of planned for both of those rides. But a well-loved, catchy, memorable theme song is at the top of my list. Grim Grinning Ghosts is at the top of our spooky season playlist. Oh, it's not even just spooky season. That is a year round bop. (laughs) Well, it is, but especially right now. Correct. And X and TC. Oh, I looked up his name and how to say it. Atencio. Atencio. How do your students react whenever you try to read like historical names? Well, they don't know. That's the good thing. Oh, they don't know that I pronounce it wrong. But anyway, X Atencio, he's the genius for convincing Walt that a song would be the perfect fix to lighten up the storyline and tie together some of those holes that the Imagineers found in the story. You know, like, should it be lighthearted? Should it be scary? This kind of brings it all together in a way that, you know, only a Disney song can. So when X kind of brought this idea up to Walt, he just thought that Walt would give it to the Sherman brothers and they would write it and that would be the end of it. But really what happened was Walt liked the idea. He kind of liked the short little pitch that X gave him and he ended up writing it with George Bruns simply based on what he recited to Walt, just a quick little something. And originally, the song Grim Grinning Ghost was supposed to be titled The Screaming Song. So I can't imagine Grim Grinning Ghost being any better. Like, I think it's one of the most I think it's one of the best Disney songs. I don't know. I'd even venture to say one of the best songs that I love. But do you think the Sherman Brothers could have made it better? I don't know. I almost feel like because it was his idea, X's idea, that, you know, it gave it something that maybe the Sherman brothers wouldn't have been able to capture. I mean, obviously they're geniuses um, and everything they wrote is like gold. But I do wonder if because X was the show writer and he had kind of that background and he was very much involved in every other kind of thing with the story that was going on. I wonder if that gave him like a creative edge, maybe. Quite possibly. But I definitely don't think the screaming song has that fun quality that Grim Grinning Ghost does. All I'm thinking about is Sherman Brothers and like adapting the Tiki Room to the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Well, that would definitely be a different feel. It'd be more of a party feel for sure. I'd I'd be down. I want to see a good mashup. Yeah. Like a remix kind of thing that you would hear. Like at 10 o'clock at night on a radio station. Correct. (laughs) I can go for it. But it does kind of carry on throughout the ride, which is very important. So because the ride is continuously moving, they couldn't have a real beginning or an end. It had to flow together seamlessly so that it didn't have to restart. Because how awkward would that be if you were watching the ghost dance or if you were in the graveyard scene and there was like an awkward pause for the song to start up again. I never even thought about that, that you never hear the end of it. You No, you never do. And that was very intentional. And it's because it definitely provides that backdrop for a lot of the scenes in the mansion. So we typically think about the graveyard, but even at the beginning, they slow down the tempo. They make it sound a little more 
dark and a little more eerie. And that variation is very intentional. So it kind of manipulates your feelings whenever you hear it to maybe make you feel, you know, nervous, excited, happy. This is the finale, whatever it might be. The song carries through throughout the entire ride. It's great. It is great. So that's all I have for the music. I mean, it's a masterpiece. It really is. You can. And again, you can play it at any time in the year. It's not just a Halloween song. But for me, some of the other things that stood out in my research was one from a storytelling standpoint. I'm interested to know. Can you pinpoint when's the first time that you see a ghost? That's a hard question. Because I almost, I mean, you expect that they're everywhere. I don't know if I can. When's the first time you see a ghost? The ballroom scene. Hmm. So until Leota does her seance and calls on the spirits to appear, you do not see a single one. All you do is hear the sounds and objects moving. And obviously the ghost host is talking to you. But the only time that they actually materialize and come before you is after Leota calls on them. She is very powerful. And I never realized that. that that's, a, that's the break point for when it happens. Mm-hmm. It also kind of makes sense because everything about the Haunted Mansion is almost in phases. It's kind of like three different acts. And that's kind of the in-between for the first and the second part. So uh, the only exception that I can think of is, and I don't know where this happens on Disneyland, but I think it's near the beginning as well of the coffin with the skeleton hand pushing up on the lid. And he's saying, let me out, let me out, let me out. But I guess technically that's not a ghost. That's just a skeleton slash mummy type thing. Even with like the paintings when like they're, you know, in that first scene, where they're changing between the different forms, like the normal and the haunted. That's not like a ghost, kind of. I guess it kind of is, but you're not seeing them in a ghost form. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just like the break point. Leota calls on them. And then I can't remember the exact spiel, but I believe that's when the ghost host tells you, like, you're being well received. They're going to start materializing. Uh, and that's when you go into the ballroom scene. Hmm. So urban legends. So obviously because there's such a deep history on this ride and honestly, almost like a cult following, you can find people who love the Haunted Mansion who don't even like Disney World <laughs> is what I've found. Like people who read the comics and and read novels and write fan fiction about it who really don't even care about Disney. They just like the idea of the Haunted Mansion, but obviously that leaves a lot of space for fan fiction, for lore, and for different stories that have developed over the years. So there are countless, countless ones out there, but I wanted to share a few of my favorites. So first one is The Man in the Endless Hallway. So our friend Sarah from Adults in Disney told us about this, and then I found it online as well. So it's legitimate, I believe. <laughs> And so for a period of time, guests kept reporting that they were seeing a figure or someone standing in the endless hallway. When I'm talking about the endless hallway, that is the scene with the candelabra at the end that's floating in the air. 
And so guests were getting off and, and telling cast members, you know, I've been on this before. There's never been someone back there before. There's never been a figure, but today there was. And the cast members could not figure out what was going on. And so, of course, there was this legend created around it of that there's a ghost that stands at the end of that hallway. And, you know, you're lucky enough to see him if you can. Skip 30 seconds if you don't, if you want to believe that it was a ghost. But years after the story goes that a cast member who was a part of the custodial crew admitted after he retired that he was sneaking into the haunted mansion and he would go stand in the back of the endless hallway for periods of time. I mean, that's that's kind of epic. <laughs> like, who would even think of that? That guy must have. I don't want to say he had a lot of time on his hands because Disney is very clean. So I'm sure he did his job. But like, who would think to break into a ride just to scare people? I mean, it fits the theme. Happy haunts. But I mean, that's pretty funny. I love it. <laughs> that's, so that's, what I would the, do. that's the story you're going with. Yeah, I think that's true. Next one is this one is also pretty much confirmed. But in Disneyland, in the barroom scene, in front of you, there are these huge glass panes that are hanging down. And I won't spoil the secret for anybody who doesn't know how that scene works from a special effects standpoint. But those panes play a major role in how you see the ghost materialize down in the ballroom, but also up, you know, hanging on the chandelier and the dueling ghost as well. Those panes play a major role in that. So in the 1970s, a guest took a gun and fired it at the glass pane and it created a small hole in the pane. And those panes are so massive that really the only way to get them out is to remove the roof and slide it all the way out. Yikes. And so what they decided to do instead was to embrace this newly found hole. They added some ink and some artwork to it. And they made it into a spider. Hmm. So in Disneyland, it's towards the end of the ballroom scene, kind of right before you turn left and you turn back uh, to the next scene. If you focus your eyes, you can see a little black spider that is in the window pane. Who even thinks to bring a gun to Disneyland and then to shoot it on a ride. What I don't know is what type of gun was it. I'm going to believe that it was like a BB gun. That's almost worse. Well, yeah, then a BB gun would be large. I don't know what it Maybe it was a rubber band gun. Who knows? That just seems ridiculous. That guy must have been very scared of these ghosts if he's trying to shoot them in ghost form. I don't know. 70s were a wild time. <laughs> Apparently. So that's one. And then the last one that's kind of a fan fiction take on some of the symbolism and what the journey and the story through the ride comes to. So the question posed is, is the graveyard scene you're welcome to the afterlife? Hmm. I don't really like that one. So... We discussed last week that whenever you leave the attic scene and your doom buggy turns backwards and you descend down into the graveyard, that is symbolic that you fell out of the attic. 
whether Constance pushed you or you were just trying to escape Constance or the Hatbox Ghost pushed you. I like to think Hatbox is nice. But yeah. I would say it's Constance if it's anybody. But anyway, you were falling out of the attic at that stamp at that point. Did you fall to your death? Is the question. And if so, the graveyard scene can then be viewed as a welcoming party for you as now the 1000th happy haunt. And they are so happy that you're there. I mean, they are pretty happy to have you and they want you to hurry back. But I just don't know if I like that. I almost I mean, I could almost just more personally support that Constance is just evil and she just like pushed you out the window or something. So why are they celebrating? Because they're just really happy that they have some visitors. Yeah, (laughs) they really wanted someone to come visit them. I don't know. I'm kind of buying into it. I'm not very hard to convince on these things. You're really not. You jumped into that. Constance was the owner pretty quickly. But there's something to think about next time you're writing it. And as you fall out of the attic. Are you alive? Are you dead? Why are they celebrating? Is it truly just because they wanted to end it on a happy note? Or are they welcoming you to the family? (laughs) Well, sticking with that vein, as far as tying everything together, um, X was that guy. So he was the show writer. Atencio. Atencio. They call him X and everything. That's obviously what he went by. So X ties everything together. The music helps with that, but he was also responsible for just taking all of those scenes and illusions that were created and putting them in order that not only fit the physical setup for the mansion, but also kind of that emotional journey that you're experiencing. So who wouldn't want to end with a party? It makes sense um, to kind of end in that graveyard scene. But ultimately, he ended up when he was trying to tie everything back together He went back to that original idea that Walt had as far as these happy haunts are looking for a retirement home and they're looking for a place to spend their afterlives. And, you know, they're looking for those unsuspecting guests who wander into the mansion like that's their livelihood. That's what they're waiting for. And, you know, I love, too, that this same original idea that Walt had ties into the sign that they put outside the Haunted Mansion once it was built and it was just waiting for a ride to be completed, stating that, you know, sorry, it's taking so long, but it takes a long time for us to round up these ghosts. And it was kind of prefacing what was going to be inside. All these Disneyland goers kind of bought into this idea and they were waiting for that. And that's ultimately kind of what they ended up going with. So I just love how it does all tie back into each other. And at the end, you know, there it is. And that was also mentioned in Marty Sklar's write up at the beginning of those comic books that we read as well, that he mentioned that that was just kind of on a whim, something that he mentioned to Walt and it ended up sticking and fitting in with the story. And I, I mean, I do think it fits completely with the story Um, because, you know, they have all these smaller stories within the bigger picture. But if you're just looking for kind of one theme throughout, these ghosts are there. They're trying to trick you or play, you know, tricks on you like a good ghost would. And they're just happy to be there. 
I can get behind it. Mm-hmm. I wish they made like replicas of that sign. I know, right? Maybe they will someday as like a good celebration souvenir. I mean, maybe they did and we just missed them. That's true, too. So we cannot end this episode without talking about character backstories. That was by far my favorite thing to research in all of the information about the Haunted Mansion, because I think for me, that gives me a deeper appreciation for the characters themselves and for the story that the ride is telling you. So last week we talked about the major ones about Constance and Master Gracie and the ghost host and all of these different players. But we left out probably the most iconic trio that you see in the whole ride. I know. How did you do that? The hitchhiking ghost. Because there's not a lot on them. Mm, That's upsetting. So three hitchhiking ghosts. You get the same ones in Disney World and in Disneyland. Gus. Phineas and Ezra. Do you have a favorite one? Mm, Phineas. Phineas. You just like his name? I do like his name, but I also like that he has the little carpet pack. Yeah, he's a plump little guy. (laughs) So let's start with Gus. So Gus has a long beard and a ball and a chain shackled around his ankle. I think I've missed that before. Really? Yeah, you've always noticed it. Yeah, because I feel like even when they like jump into your doom buggy, I feel like he still has his ball and chain. I think that's part of it. So I believe Gus is the only one that you can see elsewhere in the Haunted Mansion. Hmm. He also appears in the graveyard scene and he's standing next to the executioner and the beheaded knight. So the question posed is what crime did Gus commit? Well, did he behead a knight? Well, I think you would assume that the knight was beheaded by the executioner. And I would interpret that as Gus is next in line. So Mm -hmm. did he commit a crime worthy of execution, I guess, is the question. No, he's wrongly charged. You think so? Yeah. He needs Kim Kardashian to come (laughs) set him free. Too far. Too far. (laughs) Um. So next, that's about it on Gus. Unfortunately. There's not a lot here for these guys. Phineas, your favorite apparently, Mm -hmm. also known as the Traveler, is a plump hunchbacked ghost with a top hat and he carries a carpet bag. I mean, come on. How can you not love this guy? You You just described him as a hunchback. He's probably the most menacing, I think, though. Like no. looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe looking, but you know, it's all about what's inside. Hmm. So again, there's just not much there. As far as we know, he does not appear anywhere else within the Haunted Mansion. And then the last one is Ezra, who is my favorite. Ezra is the tallest one. He's also known as the skeleton and he wears a bowler hat and his face oddly has like a very similar structure to the hat box goes. So people have, often wondered are they related i don't they're obviously probably not the same person because he wears a bowler hat and not a top hat like the hatbox ghost but you never know i'd say cousins Cousins. i think yeah i think that's a pretty safe ezra ezra and hattie what are their last names ghost oh hattie ghost hattie ghost Mm -hmm. and ezra ghost precisely okay So they do make brief appearances in the Haunted Mansion movie. 
which I actually really enjoyed this scene of the movie. So when Jim Evers of Evers and Evers Realty, uh, AKA uh, Eddie Murphy, when they escape out of the attic, a scene that we talked about last week, symbolic and, and ties into the ride as well. In the hearse that is driven by the other two ghosts, I guess the <laughs> maid and the butler. Yeah. Yeah. When Eddie Murphy and the two kids are in the back of the hearse, the hitchhiking ghosts show up and they're also laying in the hearse. Ezra does not talk, but he's in the back. But Phineas and Gus are having an argument about whether the living can see them. And Eddie Murphy is talking to them like, yes, I can hear you. I'm responding to you. And Phineas and Gus are saying, I don't think they can hear us. <laughs> but, but so that's a really funny scene. And that's really their only reference within the movie. And then there are three comics that have been published by SLG comics that tell a backstory about how each of them individually ended up in the Haunted Mansion. And it talks about their living life as well. So there's more to learn about them. We have not had a chance to read those comic books yet, but that just means we get to do a part three. I know. I, I'm sure we're going to get off of recording right now and you're going to go find them on Amazon or eBay or wherever else you can find comic books cheaply. Cause you know, falling on a budget, but yeah, those will be the next thing to show up at our house. So I honestly wish there was more about the hitchhiking ghost. Um, you know, there's lots of merchandise about them. There's been Funko Pops of Ezra specifically. They made a 10 inch Funko Pop of Ezra, for goodness sake. So I wish there was more about them out there. Maybe those comic books will fill in a lot of the gaps. I think so. I mean, I think everyone loves a backstory and they are well loved. I mean, everyone loves a good hitchhiking ghost. Just kind of friendly and looking for a way out. I will say boo to you is I think both of our favorite parades of all time. Mm -hmm. And that float with the three of them, mm, I so think good. is the coolest float ever. Yeah. And then Constance is out in front of it screaming like bloody murder. Yeah. You she's, she's a character. We love Constance. You love Constance. So, Last character I want to talk about is the caretaker, or you might refer to him as a groundskeeper. I've always called him a groundskeeper, but that's what I would probably call him too. online. You hear caretaker a lot, and his name is Silas Crump. So you'll get the nod there to Rolly Crump, and he appears at the gates of the graveyard scene with his dog, and they are both trembling in fear. Of course, in the Disneyland version, this is where Jack replaces him for a short period of time. Jack and Zero replace them for Haunted Mansion Holiday. And it's almost sad after riding Haunted Mansion Holiday because I think every time we pass the groundskeeper now, we'll say to each other like, oh, I wish it was Jack. Like, we wish he was here. So not to take away from Silas Crump, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like Silas, but like we'll get to in the future, Haunted Mansion Holiday is just a different game. It is. But we learned his name because there used to be a crate located in Liberty Square in Magic Kingdom, and it was addressed to him, so it had his name, Silas Crump, 
on it. And that's how we learned about it. Was it addressed to the Haunted Mansion? I believe so. I didn't see an exact picture of it. I just read about it. Okay. And I don't know how they connected it to know that it was a groundskeeper, but it's now, I guess, been semi-confirmed that his name is Silas Crump. The other part of information that we have learned over time is very, very rarely, I would probably pee my pants if this ever happened. (laughs) He will come out and do a meet and greet in Magic Kingdom. I've never seen it in Disneyland. I've seen it in Magic Kingdom. And in those interactions, guests have learned that the dog's name is Bones. Very fitting. That's a good name. Is it though? It's kind of easy. It's like two on the nose. Which is why it's perfect. So he's a good dog. We love, he's a working dog. We love Bones. Mm-hmm. He's a good boy. <laughs> I guess we assume it's a boy. Could be a girl. Could be a girl. Could be a girl. Someone will have to ask. But um, I just thought that was interesting that the way that that was confirmed or kind of figured out was through this character interaction. For everything we know, the entertainment cast member could have made that up on the spot. But but we've ran with it. Mm -hmm. And I love that about this. So. Other little nods to Silas and Bones in the Liberty Square uh, or in the Magic Kingdom version of the Haunted Mansion. He and the dog are referenced in the front queue by the emergency exit where you can see footprints of both he and Bones. And they are engraved in the pavement right by a gate leading to the staircase, which goes around the mansion where a small metal dog door is found by the exit gate. So it's like their own little... Like exit, like their own escape route. Correct. I like that. A little doggy door for Bones. I wonder how big this dog door is because he's like a good sized dog. Like he's a, I guess I would put him in the large dog category. So I wonder if it's a large dog door. What kind of dog is that? That's like the dog from uh, Aristocats. Oh, goodness. Now I'm like racking my brain to try to think of what that dog looks like. Like a bloodhound? Yeah, but almost bigger. I don't know. I'm not very familiar with hound dogs, I guess. Hmm. But he's he's got some long legs. Maybe he's a mutt. Maybe he is. I don't know. I'm, I'm like my hunch says bloodhound. Is that a real kind of dog? I believe so. OK, I'll go with it. Um, the other kind of little tidbits that I thought was interesting about the caretaker is that his face mold is a reused jungle cruise explorer from the rhinoceros scene. (gasps) What? So the scared look that he has on his face is from the same mold of the guys who are up the pole with the rhinoceros behind him. Oh, my gosh. Do you know which guy it is like in or like is it the top, middle, bottom? I do not know, but I kind of almost guess that maybe all three of them have the same mold. Oh, surely not. We'll have to check next time. We're going to check next time for sure. See which one of them looks like Silas. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that was really interesting. And it's been crazy. Like the backstory of Constance was really only put together within the last 14 years. So these stories behind these characters, we're going to continue to get little bitty tidbits. And some of them happen through like merchandise that you can learn things about them. 
So this is a story that is still being told through little bitty tidbits. And to me, that's the most exciting part about all of this, this ride in particular. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting to know that it never ends and there is always more that you can learn. I mean, we just found out uh, that we can go get some comic books and it's going to tell us about, you know, the hitchhiking ghosts. So I think there's always going to be someone else who's interested in it and who's putting out information. Um, Of course, there's always more that you can unearth about the history of something and about, you know, how someone contributed to the overall theme or storytelling of the ride. So this really is one that just has so many layers. It does. And and I hope that we are able to do it justice over the past two episodes that we did. And of course, we're going to do Haunted Mansion Holiday. Did we decide Halloween or Christmas? My vote is for Halloween, but I mean, we could flip a coin. So we'll check that out. We'll decide when we're going to do it. And I'm sure we will continue developing some of these stories that go along with the Haunted Mansion when we come up with that episode but i can't stress enough how i think from just a storytelling aspect this is just it's what makes disney disney Mm -hmm. it's things like this that make us fall in love with it and keep us yearning for more so i hope our goal out of this is next time you ride haunted mansion you get a new appreciation for something you get closer to the story a little bit more makes you feel something different. And that would be the goal because I know that has happened for us that we wrote it last week and that was completely different than before. And even after doing this second round of research, we're going to write it again and look for some of those other little things that we've, you know, read about or seen in videos or talked about today. And it is going to change our experience because I think the more you can connect the dots, the greater appreciation you can have for the ride and just, you know, this original story that they came up with on a whim, not on a whim, but. Well, it is amazing that this was built, built on their own original intellectual property, Mm -hmm. not off a movie, not off a book out of their minds. So I think that's pretty great. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. Next week. We're shifting gears. This is a much different story than this. It is. I just talked about your own intellectual property. (laughs) Probably talking about the biggest offense to the people who hate intellectual property in the parks, and specifically in Epcot, Frozen Ever After. Yes, it's Epcot week again. And this, believe it or not, was Brendan's choice. This is right up my alley because I do enjoy this ride. But Brendan chose Frozen Ever After, and I'm excited to talk about it next week. Are we going to watch some Maelstrom POVs before next week? Probably. All right. So hope you can join us for that. We will be back on Monday with an interview with Believe, Dream, Imagine. Really wonderful brother and sister group running that 3D print shop. They're killing it. So much creativity that we could never even match. Really unbelievable. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you get the notification when we upload that on Monday. If you feel so moved, we would greatly appreciate any iTunes reviews. That is the best way to help the podcast grow. So we would appreciate if you could do that for us. And, of course, we will be in the parks this weekend, always exploring new things. We report back. So we appreciate you guys listening. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. 
Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.